Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, you've got to give us that five-star review before Christmas, please. And head on over to abcboxing.com to read the scoring criteria. Dan, it's it's really glad I'm really glad to be doing this show with you right now that we're that we're getting started here because for a while you forgot I think your own name and the podcast when we were doing this intro. That's true. It's, it, was, it was pretty ugly. I haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, I was like it was like a total brain fart. The part of you that that does this show just disconnected. It did. It shut off. It was very impressive. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, you're good now, right? Like, I'm ready. You're, you're yeah. not going to, no, no. in the middle of uh, Cannoneer and Strickland, you're just going to be like, uh, no. All right. We're good. All right. We're good. 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 Um, Because, yeah, we're going to be talking about Jared Cannoneer's win over Sean Strickland by a split decision with competing 49-46s going both ways. Yes, 49-46s. All of these rounds are split. That is going to be the topic of discussion here today. However, wait, have we? I don't know if we've ever done all five rounds all five of five rounds uh, that wasn't past judgment. If we did, it's possible we did it in our dumb days, like when we started the show. Oh, okay. we used, and we used to go over yeah, like a lot yeah, more yeah. rounds and we complained yeah. about things and we didn't know what the fuck we were talking <laughs> 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 Beep that one out. <laughs> we didn't know what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say since the show started, this is definitely the first one that we were going to talk about all five split rounds. And to be frank, I didn't have enough time to do the research before recording this, but I almost wonder if, uh, could this be the first UFC main event where all five rounds were split? I don't know. Possibly. I mean, it, it's, it's annoying for a whole other reason. What's the reason is that annoying. people aren't up in arms about this one? Why is that not? Why is that annoying? That's annoying because it's like because because now, now nobody wants to listen to the show anymore. Like, They're saying, "Oh, we don't care about the couch side judges." Yeah. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying because Pimblet Gordon was a close fight. <laughs> like, but you're just upset because Dana's you know Golden Goose got the got the nod. That's really the only reason they're upset. I mean, I don't want to like I don't want to go deep so, into that one today. I'm, but I, that that's the reason. So it's just annoying. It's just I, annoying. Well, if I would you're going to get mad, get mad at all of them. But I would say it's not annoying because, yes, it, honestly, you're right. Nobody, nobody's, nobody's saying, I guess, is like super up in arms about this, right? Nobody's really going crazy about it. I was listening to the UFC, uh, you know, post-fight show, and Michael Chiesa is even like, I look at those rounds, and I'm like, you know what? That kind of makes sense to me. They're all closed rounds. I'm like, voice of reason here. There you go. Yeah, ha- do it for every fight then. Have oh. have this have this thought for all the time. Well, when it's close fight, oh man, round one last week. We Not just really when it's the guy you, you don't, you know, when it's two guys you really don't care either way how it goes. <laughs> uh, but when the one one guy you want to see him fail, no. <laughs> and it goes his way, and then that, that's what you, you you get mad about. I know, and I then know. you blame the judges for it. Hey, look, we had that show last week, man. I thought it was a good show. Let's stick to this one, my brother. Yeah, I'm just just annoyed. I just think it's I I really do think that it's see I'm the other way from you. I'm actually just very glad that we had a a, a fight. That actually had a bunch of close rounds, like literally all five of them, and Twitter's collective head didn't explode. F- fighters, media, our collective head is still intact. No one's going nuts. We all seem to kind of get it, and we're just gonna move on because we watched something that makes sense that the, all the rounds are close. And I've, you know, I had people in in you know Twitter mentions and things like that, like you know, replies and things that were kind of asking, like, well, wh- why can we have this and that kind of thing? And it's like, well, listen. The score it's not the scoring that's the issue here, like necessarily. It's not the criteria or anything like that that leads to, to round where all five rounds are split up. It's just it's kind of the nature of the beast. These are close rounds and we have individuals sort of sitting in completely different areas of the cage. They see different things, their views are obstructed or not obstructed by one thing or another, and it looks like it lands or misses better or worse to certain people. It's just it's kind of just the nature of that beast, and it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think a lot of people seem to understand at least the fact that they're all close rounds, that they're they're latching onto that one. And, you know, that's that's a start, right? Maybe in this past week, we've taught them that rounds are going to be close. No. And they can go either way sometimes. No, the people have not learned anything, sir. Well, they just upset me. I'm just glad that, I'm, I'm glad that we have this here, but I have no faith that they actually learned. 
Okay. Uh, there's there's a difference <laughs> here, sir. <laughs> you got to temper your expectations. But again, we actually are going to head into this break. And I think it's a net positive because as, as much as it's crazy that this happened, we're going into the break not off of last week, but off of this week where people seem to have gone in with a more favorable view of, hey, this makes sense. Let's move on. And, and maybe judging doesn't seem so terrible. Yeah, let's, let's get away for a few weeks. <laughs> We're still going to do our show, sir. I know. I, I mean, not going I anywhere. Get away from, you know, let's t- take a break from fights. I, I do like that we, this is my favorite time of year to be perfectly honest, because I need the recharge. Well, who doesn't love Christmas? Well, there's also that. So. I'm, I'm a big Christmas guy. Uh, and, and happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate, and uh, happy Kwanzaa. But, you know, what, whatever whatever it is that this holiday season means to you, I hope it is is merry and bright. Uh, but from my family to yours, Merry Christmas, uh, which is coming up before we have our next show. But we're not wrapping up, sir. We got a lot to talk about, especially rounds. But really quick, before we get into the rounds, let's, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the main event here because obviously we do have a winner in Jared Cannonier. It's a split decision, very close fight, but he does get the win. He gets to kind of keep his place in the top of the of the middleweight uh, division. He's number three in the rankings here, and it's not like he's going to get the next title shot because they're going to run it back ostensibly between Alex Pereira and uh, mm-hmm. Israel Dissinga. So he's kind of in a holding pattern here. What do you, what does this mean for him, this win? No, it just keeps him where he's at. He's- Still he, in the hunt. He can't even fight so, Robert, uh, Robert Whitaker. That's not a fight that they would run back at this point. Doesn't make any sense. Is you got to do something with this guy? What would I do? Yeah, I thought. Well, I thought Whitaker was fighting Costa. But what I'm saying is, you uh, can't fight. They uh, can't fight. So what? Uh, you, what would you do with Cannon? Cannon here. I don't know. Roman Delize. But he doesn't want that fight because well, Roman too Roman Delize is going to be fighting. It sounds like um, Marvin Vittori. Okay. That's a good one. So maybe Cannoneer just kind of left waiting to see what happens in this title fight. Maybe he does get the next one. We know sometimes Whitaker falls out of fights. <laughs> it, it has happened. So, That's true. I don't know. Maybe they just tell him, be ready. Step up. I know he, he so. sounds like he kind of wants to get in there sooner than later. I had even spoken to him last week, and, and uh, he was saying, because he was originally going to, this, this fight was supposed to happen in October. It got pushed back two months because uh, Strickland like hurt his finger. I don't know if you remember. It was like the end of summer um, that he got hurt. And they were supposed to fight in October, but that would have been a three month turnaround for Cannonier. He hadn't done that since the first first two fights of his UFC career. Mm. And I asked him about it, and he's like, you know, I'm, like it's not it's not something that I didn't want to be active. I've just been hurt the last few years, and now I'm healthy. I kind of want to get in there. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe he will get lucky in that sense, and he won't have to wait too long because yeah it does seem like he's kind of odd man out for a few re- few reasons so i mean would you put him against someone like dracus duplessis i mean you might you might have to do something like that just because uh, you know if cannoneer can't fight any of these other guys he might just have to defend his spot again more or less mm-hmm. you know there's there's not a whole lot of options if he wants to fight soon and duplessis does make a lot of sense right yeah more for duplessis but yeah, Again, I think Cannonier probably is at the point where he's just he knows he's got to stay busy. He's got to make an impact, and if he's you know if he's sitting around, other guys are going to make their impact too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but what about Sean Strickland? Here's the question for you: because obviously this is a, it's a close fight. Realistically, could have gone the other way. One judge, in fact, he did give him forty nine forty six. Saw the fight for him, and it's entirely reasonable to get there. Having said that, he's now lost two in a row. He's not looking like a world beater. He goes out there and he has, you know, his close decisions or, you know, he's, it's he's not really getting those emphatic results that seem to match the way he promotes fights in any way. Has he peaked? Yeah, if fights if fights don't get booked longer than five rounds, I do. I think that. So, yeah, I suppose. So if you're what you're saying here is probably he would go back to the quote unquote three round status. No, uh, what I'm saying what is say? if if he got like nine round fights. I think he'd be really good. I think probably if he, he fights. Of- he fights like he he has still half a tank left by the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's like I think Felder said it. He's like he's in economy mode. It seems like the whole time he's just kind of sparring. That's what it feels like. Just out there sparring. He just, yeah. He, so, honestly, he just seems kind of overly patient and willing to like wait for shots, like opportunities, which is good. I mean, it, when he when some opportunities would present themselves, you saw him really capitalize in there. But like he's not really doing it. I mean, sometimes they're not presenting like there's there's a there are levels to this competition and he's facing the top competition now. You know, no, no opportunities presented against Alex Pereira. And we saw very few really present themselves against Jared Cannonier in a way that he was able to capitalize on. It was competitive, like I said. But yeah, he's not really getting it done. He's not getting knockouts or anything like that. There's nothing really that would 
build momentum for him to go anywhere in this very crowded upper levels of the middleweight division. So to me, it looks like he's probably hit his ceiling at middleweight. I don't know if he'd ever get back down to welterweight again. I, I hope not, because I never want anybody to cut deep. And that's a that's a big difference between 85 and 70. So I don't know. It just seems like he's kind of stuck now. This might be the best we've had. He could still hang with these guys, but you may just not get any higher. No, yeah, this fight was very competitive. Yeah. So I just think, yeah, this is this is the ceiling. It's not that he's fallen from his ceiling. It's that he is here and he may not really go any higher. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, but also what you were saying, I, I also I don't see him main eventing or getting five round fights. For a yeah, no, bit I, anyway, I think so. so too. I think it would be tough to to put him in there. He's been what two main events now this year. Um, both of them went to decisions. They both ended up being split decisions that were, uh, you know, not, I don't want to say not close or anything like that. Cause that's really not what it was. It's kind of the opposite, but, uh, it's just not getting emphatic results. He's not getting like, he's not even knocking out the, knocking it out of the park with these decisions, you know? Yeah. They're I not exciting. You. They're not thrilling. They're not memorable in any way other than that the way they were scored. And that's not really how a fighter wants to walk away from it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like this is, this is where he is. He can only kind of go down from here, but maybe he can hang for a little longer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out. All right. There were this, <laughs> the judges though, were particularly busy in this one. Obviously they scored all five rounds of the main event. A lot of decisions here. They actually scored 30 rounds this week, which you don't hit 30 a lot. That's a, that's a lot of rounds. Yeah. 19 of these were unanimous. Two of them were eight nine splits, but we are at a sixty three percent, sixty three point three percent unanimous rounds here. Not ideal, but when you factor in that the main event was there, I think probably if you, even if that was at some sort of normal, you know, two or three rounds even out of that, then we're talking about something a much more normal rate here. Uh, it is what it is. I think they've been in the eighties all the judges and all these events lately. So yeah, they were they were. We actually didn't do the percentages last week though. Yeah, must we missed that. Our, that must have slipped our minds. We had a lot to we talk had about. Ten finishes. We had a lot to talk about. Yeah, and and two events, and you yeah. know, all sorts of judging, uh, judging discussions. Right? There is more judging discussion that actually does feed off of last week. So we can go a little bit back to last week for now, and then let's get into contested rounds. But California's uh, state athletic commission put something out there uh, at the end of the week, just before we hit the weekend, going into these fights here. And it is a change to their policy uh, for judges. And I believe it's all. I believe it's all officials. Um, yeah, judges and referees traveling across the country. So the the memorandum that was released essentially disallows CSAC judges and refs from traveling outside of more or less California or as far as Nevada in back to back nights. This obviously stems from the controversial elements to the fact that Doug Crosby put in a scorecard of 50-45 for Danny Sabatella last week at Bellator on Friday, flew across the country, and still worked at the co-main event of the UFC card in Las Vegas, turning in another controversial card. Without that, this isn't happening. Having said that, this is a practice that it's not entirely uncommon among judges. You know, you'll you'll see if you if you just look at the the names that are showing up on Bellator Friday and UFC Saturday. Once in a while, you'll see the same officials working both. Um, it's not, I've always gotten the sense that the commissions don't particularly like it and have kind of dis uh, discouraged the practice, but not necessarily cracked down to the way that California officially is here. How do you feel about this? It's good. I just, I wish, I'm I'm sure it's probably, you think it's more ironed out, like the exact distances or no. Like Hawaii to Nevada, say that Bellator does a Hawaii card on Friday, UFC's on Saturday in Nevada, can they work there? Would I, that be too far, you think? I would imagine no, because Hawaii is just about as far from, like, California as New York is. Okay, but that's my point. Like, yeah. What's the, what's the, like, Chicago, can they work Chicago, then Nevada? I think the point is, well, California can only deal with California. But that's what I mean. But what's what's the cutoff? What, how far across country? Well, what they're saying is talking? California officials can work in like Las Vegas, right? 
Yeah. They could they could work in LA, they could work in Las Vegas Friday, Saturday, or vice versa, right? That's pretty much the length that they're okay with. What about Arizona? Something in the- Arizona to California. One would imagine it's probably okay unless it's Northern California, then who knows? I don't know. I, I imagine it would be a case by case basis kind of thing. Okay. But that's kind of where I think we're at. But like what I mean, how do you feel about the idea of them? officially making this move to discourage not discourage but disallow at least for the state of california officials to be able to travel from let's say uncasville connecticut to uh los angeles making them if if they're flying commercial which they are mm-hmm. i i support it but say they say the commission start getting their you know own charter their own jets where doug crosby can leave uncasville at right after the event and not have to wait till the next morning when the actual next commercial flight is going and gets to take that one, then I'd be okay with it because he's getting in the night of. It's a three-hour. You're going three hours backwards, so I feel he he'd be plenty rested. You had uh, me. You so, had me stuck on the ideas of a commission having some sort of a, private jet. Well, I'm just I'm just throwing out how I would feel about it. How I would be okay with it. I would. I'm right now. All I can do in my head is picture uh, Andy Foster riding on like like a G5. Yeah. Is that what it is G5? I think they're only G7s now, G7s, but, or G6s. Okay. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched Tropic Thunder, and I always think of that plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's where I go. Tropic Thunder is an old movie. It's a good movie, though. What a great movie. Yeah, but dude, that movie's like old now. Did you realize that? I don't know. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. I'm not. This is not me dissing it. In fact, old probably makes it better. I'm just pointing it out. Hmm. But I don't know. It's, it's a tricky situation, right? Because what you're doing now is you're limiting the capacity for judges. Uh, and this was pointed out, I think, uh, very well by uh, Sean Sheehan. And it's something that, that occurred to me as well. You're limiting the potential for judges to make just a little bit of extra income from time to time. Working one event and then another consecutive days. If it happens to be in Connecticut or, you know, South Dakota. And then you're heading over to, you know, Vegas or, or L.A. or something like that. Having said that, I, I, I have to think. It's just a tough thing to take a red eye after judging one night, uh, an intense focus that must go into judging, especially when you're judging a, an intense main event. Then you fly a red eye, you land, and then you got to you gotta sleep maybe and get get a, uh, get your more judging in there. I, I mean, goodness sake, that seems very challenging. Um, not, not in a way that a person could do, but maybe they shouldn't. But, but that's my point. I don't think he was on a red eye. I was there for the end of that fight. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any flights going out that night. The probably next flight was probably like six or seven in the morning. I mean, nonetheless, that I mean, day, there's jet so lag is real, that's and, different. and we're still talking about but, five hours in the air and, but and all that crap. That's my point. If say they they had their own charter, which they don't, that then I'd be and on board will, because yeah. they'd have more leg room. They'd be able to sleep on the plane. They're losing time because they're going backwards three hours. He'd be in a hotel room that night. He'd be able to sleep, be well rested. I think that would be okay in that situation. But in the current situation, I, I, I'm, I'm all for this new rule. Yeah, I mean, I am too. And, and I want to be clear. I don't think that the the travel actually had a very big impact on the way the events of last week shook out as it pertained to Doug Crosby. First off, his more offensive card happened before he flew across the country. I thought that was much more offensive than, than even giving uh, Patty Pimblett the first round, to be perfectly honest. Any of those three rounds to give to Danny Sabatello that should have gone to... Ralphie on Stotts, that was pretty ludicrous. Then, so yeah, from I'm ranking them, it's it's some semblance of you know two, three, five, I believe it was mm-hmm. last week from uh, from Stotts and Sabatello. Um, well, any semblance of those three, and then Patty Pimblett over Gordon round one. That that's where I would rank those. But yeah, it, nonetheless, it seems like something that they're doing more for optics and presentation, but probably has some applications that make some sense too. Mm. That's how I saw it. All right, let's get to contested rounds. Let's get in there. And we have five of them, as we mentioned, for Jared Cannonier against Sean Strickland. Again, 49-46, going all, you know, all three scorecards, same, but going uh, in, in opposite directions for the fighters. And as it turned out, it was actually Sal D'Amato and Derek Cleary who not only had opposite scores, but were opposite in every round, which is fascinating. But also, as we've mentioned it kind of makes some sense but and we'll get into it as well um but i should also point out because uh, by the nature of that janitro Camijo, the third judge was always in the majority all right he is all every every round if if he had it that way that was the majority impressive hmm. 
Very weird how these things work out. Let's go to round one, though. I don't think we have to go deep into any of these rounds because they're 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 competitive and they're close, but it's not like we got like craziness, right? Yeah, there's nothing really. Crazy. So round one, what's happening? Uh, well, it's a slow round, but you know, even though it's a slow round, there's still a lot to score. If if that makes sense. No, it's, it's true. Um, I think Strickland is effective with his jab throughout. Uh, he lands some good shots in the clinch. Finishes the rounds, landing a solid one too. Can near threw heavy at the head, but it kind of felt like he was coming up short on a lot of them. He did, however, land about four heavy leg kicks, but I favor Strickland 10-9. No, I went the other way. Actually, the leg kicks kind of left an impression on me. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's more or less. I think the, the leg kicks felt like the deciding factor for me in what I thought was a close round. Right. But yeah, very close. Nothing deep, nothing big, nothing that kind of like makes you jolt, right? And say, oh, maybe for that guy, you know? Yeah. Just was, wasn't I, one of those moments. I kind of was waiting for that this whole fight. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think so. I think later on we got some that were like closer to that. Mm. You know, as we get to those rounds, we'll, we can talk about that. But yeah, this this one did not have that. So I sided with the, the majority here, which were judges Cleary and Camijo for Cannoneer. You had it uh, for Strickland the same way as uh, Judge D'Amato. Yes. We're not in agreement. <laughs> and now I hate you. Moving on to round two. Uh, very close round. I thought we'll say that a lot today, aren't we? <laughs> I, I'm going to say it a ton. You should. Uh, I felt Cannoneer wasn't missing as often as he did in the first round, and he continued the heavy leg kicks. Strickland landed solid jabs, pretty good ones. Uh, snapping the head back, landed a right hook a couple times. I thought it was really close, and right in the final seconds, Cannoneer lands a, a heavy right hand, and that really squeaked it over to edge for me. Ten nine Cannoneer. I had it for Cannoneer as well. Really close. I don't really have a ton to add to that. All right. Yeah. So, uh, but but it was it was judges clearing Camijo once again who saw it that way. Uh, so so far, I have been in lockstep with those two individuals. Round three. And, and Judge Demato was on Strickland. Yes, he was. Round. Yeah, by by uh, process of elimination. Mm-hmm. But thank you. I'm I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Round three, sir. Strickland picking up the pace, landing good jabs and combos, snapping the head of Cannonier back. Cannonier landed a couple of good power combos to the head himself. I just think Strickland was a little bit more effective this round. He had good volume, good impact, seemed to be getting better reactions. 10-9 Strickland. And that was why I went for Strickland, too. I, I think this, and again, all the rounds are close, like we keep saying, and we're going to say a billion times. But yeah, this was this was the one where I started to see, okay, maybe he's really getting done a little more of what he wants and less of what Cannoneer wants. So it was, it was close, but I, I went his way as well. Um, but this is the first time I saw it the same way as Judge D'Amato. Because he saw this one for Strickland, uh, so did Judge Kamijo. Because mm-hmm. again, if we're talking about anybody in the majority, it's always Kamijo as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was Judge Cleary again who saw this one for Cannoneer. Yeah, um, but again, I, it's not crazy to go the other way on this one. I, I don't think at all. It isn't round four now in a fight that no one knows how the heck the scoring is at this point. <laughs> yeah. No one at all, really. Coach is nothing. Nope. Uh, early, it seems Strickland is starting to find his home, and often. Good jabs, followed up with the rights. Stings Cannoneer with a few. Cannoneer throws a hard leg kick that's checked. Kind of resets after that. And for the rest of the round, like probably like three and a half minutes, maybe longer, he throws one one kick the rest of the round. An inside kick with the left leg, not the right leg that was checked. He doesn't throw his right leg again until about one second left in the fight, left in the round, and it's it's at quarter speed. I think that check was offense via defense. As Cannoneer just went to head hunting after that, and it paid off because he did land some heavy shots. Uh, I thought some of the heaviest of the fight one, actually. One of them forced Strickland to clinch. I thought really close round, but ten nine Strickland. Yeah, no, I I did go the other way though. I went for Cannoneer, and to be honest, and, and I, I I'll preface this by saying I think you made a really compelling case for Strickland, but I did go for Cannoneer, and I thought this was actually his best round and potentially uh, okay. the most clear round of the fight for any man. Really? All right. Yeah, but. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about degrees here, right? It's mm. still very close. And and again, you made you stated your case. I get it. I I could totally see it. But yeah, no, I I just thought as far as any, if you told me, hey, rank the rounds as far as the, the ones that okay. were the most, you know, most clear. This is at the top, but it's still very close. So I saw it for Cannoneer again. I think I think the punches actually were were hurting him to a degree that we hadn't really seen in the fight to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I had it for him. Judges uh, D'Amato and Camillo saw it that way. So you were in the minority here with Judge Cleary for Strickland. What's your score at this point, by the way? I'm tied up. Okay. 2-2. Two, two. All right. Going into the final. What happens in the final, sir? Uh, I think Strickland 
uh, land some good combos. He's landing that jab with the right hook uh, quite a bit. Uh, Canair was answering with heavy shots to the body and head. No guy in this round retreated, really. They just exchanged combos, uh, answering each other's punches. I think Cannonier landed with a heavier impact. Strickland's nose is getting busted up a little bit. I'm on 10-9 Cannonier. There was, there was one exchange where Cannonier cracks him with a right, and immediately Strickland just throws like a three or four punch combo. I'm like, who wins that exchange? I know, like, yeah. What's going on here? I know the one you mean. Yeah, it, it's a it's a tricky round. Like like you mentioned, he does mm-hmm. his nose is busted. Yeah, there's some damage there, and there's some fight affecting damage. You know, mm. like the breathing. But I still I still went for Strickland. Okay, and, and man, I was torn on this one too. I actually really was. I knew from on my scorecard it didn't matter. I will. I still judged based on the merits of the five minute round. Oh, you know what? Actually, no, I was. I, I I gave you my wrong scorecard. I was three one Strickland going into the fifth. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, I, I added wrong. Okay. So yeah, but I still was on Cannoneer this round. It right. Ended up being three two. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So you had three two for for Cannoneer for 48, Strickland. 40, uh, for, for Strickland. Yeah. I see. My bad. Um. Yeah. No. I I I did see this one for Strickland. I thought it was very close, but. I, I went that way. I thought maybe he was getting a little bit more success. Again, the the, the nose busted. You you want to highlight that as like the main reason? I can kind of get yeah. it. There's it's more than that, but it's I can I can understand this. So no, I I did go the other way. So a lot of people. This is like civil discourse. Like this talking about this fight yeah. is just a bunch of like yeah I could see that, but you know I saw it this way and it's really close and yeah yeah. Because it's two guys no one has a huge investment in. Well, I, I don't what know I, that that's exactly what it is. I think there's probably a lot of people who don't really love certain things about Sean Strickland. Yeah, but do they do they hate him enough that they want to see him fail? No. But they, they want to see Patty Pimblett just burn. They do. That's what that's what it comes down to. So I mean, it, so it's it's so it's just exaggerated. I had a forty eight forty seven for Canada. You had it forty eight forty seven for Strickland. Yeah. So we still have dueling cards, they're just by different scores. Yeah, this which sure seems to present the 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 fact that yes, this is a very close fight. I know. Yeah, I saw I saw some stuff. People saying, "No, that you know the criteria needs to change." No, like, why? Why not should... for this? Not because of this, right? I it's just look. I have a lot of things I would actually change in the criteria. There really are mm-hmm. a lot of things that I I think we could upgrade or modify or tweak in in, in ways that would improve the sport and improve judging and and all of this, but. This isn't the fight for it. This is this is just a close fight. It's just the way it happened. Super close. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know it's one thing that I would love to before we move on, and this isn't even in this fight, but it, it just occurred to me today. You know what I want to do? I want the the criteria to find a way to clarify some form of the fact that these pitter patter stuff that you're going to see from somebody who's on their back, where they're like lightly palm slapping the head of the guy who's mm-hmm. like riding them in mount. Yeah. Can we please just make sure that fighters and coaches understand this will score nothing? Don't bother. It's a waste of time. I like that. I I mean, we're not going to write that out, but I, I feel like there's ways we can kind of put certain things in and kind of try, try to help people understand like certain things about strikes is just like they're, they're not going to be weighed in, in any meaningful way at all. I think what we should add to the unified rules is that the win show model is not allowed. Well, now we're going into a much deeper discussion, yeah, sir. That's, that, we don't but, have time for that one. But we should put that in there. <laughs> Let's am- amend it right now. I'm not saying I disagree. But gosh darn it, sir. Let's focus. <laughs> I'm just that's that's what I would change. I'm the ADHD guy. You got you got to come back here, man. It's hard for me. I'm here. <laughs> Let's move on from this fight. We've got six more rounds to do. Two of them are going to be in this next fight. Uh, Renat Fakradinov got the win over Brian Battle. 230-25, sir, and a 30-27. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about two rounds of potential 10-8s. It's not a 10-7 thing. That that's, that's just crazy. We would lead the show with that no matter what happened. Yes, we would. Yes. <laughs> that would jump to the lead. <laughs> we would jump that over Patty. It's like, oh, my God, you see the 10-7? Like shiny object thing, right? Again, mighty HD. Round one. We got to talk about why this one could be an eight. Well, it's definitely a lopsided round. Yeah. Anytime we're in that route, that <laughs> mode, we're talking about lopsided yeah. rounds. So what's happening? Yeah, Fakradinov gets uh, a takedown right away and uh, landing intermittent shots pretty hard. But he's able to get, you know, once he's able to get the Dagestani handcuffed, he starts landing heavy shots. One makes battle faceplant. Like he's standing up, eats one, he's like, bam, faceplant right in the ground. He did big damage with elbows and punches. 
battle has you know an active guard, but and I really appreciate the Elma Plata attempt. I, I, of course I, you I, do. I really do. I heard he dedicated that to you. <laughs> I I appreciate it. I like uh, Brian Battle. I like that. Uh, but uh, truthfully, nothing was ever close, and he just took a beating this round. I'm on ten eight. I'm on ten eight as so. well. Um, the same as Judges Adelaide Bird and Judge Camillo. It was Ron McCarthy who had this one as a nine, and I'm I'm curious why because he isn't necessarily known as like reticent to go for the nine instead of the eight he's very typically in sync with his other judges to first off on on Mm -hmm. the eight nines but when he's not especially this year i think there were three instances before this where he was there was an eight nine split and he was the out but he was the eight instead of the nine Mm -hmm. in those cases so this is the first time that he's giving the nines instead of the eights and it's two in one fight and i thought that was fascinating yeah um I don't want to speculate as to why, but it it is it's just surprising, I guess. Really, is is what it comes down to. So, yeah, I, I, this ought to be an eight. I think I think the criteria yeah. supports it. We've got damage with the with all those big shots we're talking about. Clearly, there's dominance because he's destroying in the grappling, and the duration is almost the entire round. So, yeah, I got three. Yeah, I like. I that. feel good about it. Mm-hmm. About round three of this fight, which round two, by the way, definitely not. Well, pretty much not a an eight. <laughs> it was just it was all nines on the cards. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what about round three? Well, uh, Fakradinov gets it to the ground in a whole new way. This time, he drops him with a right hand uh, and follows straight down into guard. And he's like, and battles like obviously kind of out of sorts too. It's not just that he got him down, like you know. Well, he got dropped. Yeah, but he, he, he kind of phased. Like, you know yeah. how this, sometimes he gets dropped and they're fine, but like he was kind of like, well, what was going on? You know, for for at least a yeah. beat. Yeah, I guess. Man, I didn't see it like that though. I'm not saying he was about to get finished. No, but he was so, because the thing is, Fakardino, he kind of just hangs out there on top, holding on position for a lot of this round. I took that as maybe lack of finishing instincts. Yeah, like, but he does land uh, a couple heavy shots when he actually does decide to throw. I got to the eight at the end when he postures up and throws a bunch of strikes instead of you know just these you know the stay busy strikes sure. kind of. Uh, Battle actually gets up to his feet and then he gets slammed to the ground, heavy takedown. I thought it was a good do- slam. I thought it was dominant. Uh, dominance uh in the grappling because of that and uh holding down uh battle who clearly doesn't want to be there and the damage from the end not 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 so much the beginning oh i i disagree I think well, you no, have well to i'm not both. saying i'm not i'm not this i'm this i'm not saying not the knockdown of course gets there sure but before that before the end if he's not doing this i'm on a nine i i, so, I will tell you i'm up until the point where in kind of that last minute is mostly what we're talking about here, where where he's he gets the slam, he's got some more, you know, heavier strikes that are landing, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I there's a lull in this fight from between the point he knocks him down and, and the period where that starts. It's a deep lull. And I can understand why, okay, maybe maybe we're talking about an eight here. Or excuse me, a nine. But yeah, I think for me, it, it put it over near the end. I think it's not that you need to be consistently damaging every single minute of the fight. I think you can get there anyway. Plus, there's two Ds, even if you don't have that. And there, it was a deep knockdown that I thought was a good one. So I, I, I felt like I felt this was perfectly fine as an eight. No, I'm okay with being eight, but I, I, I the get, other one, I round one the was nine. the better eight. Round one is the better eight. If I'm ranking them, yeah, the, the that's that's the deeper one. So, uh, but again, it was the same judges. Uh, like we said, it was 20, 30, 27. So McCarthy, Judge McCarthy is the one who sees this as a nine, and Judges Bird and Camillo gave the eight. Okay. We only have four more rounds, sir. It's kind of crazy. We're moving this along. Far. Yeah, we are moving, We're moving along. along. And I don't think we have to go deep into a ton of these. In fact, this this next round, just not a whole lot happening, but it's the first round of a main card fight, Amir Albazi, who ended up getting a third round finish knockout of uh, Alessandro Costa, who had his head gently stroked by Keith Peterson to try and you know get him back after he'd been knocked out. It was It was very, I thought it was sweet. Okay. <laughs> no, he's just doing his job, but it was just, just kind of funny. Yeah. It was a funny look. Nice guy. Yeah, oh, sure, yeah. No nonsense, though. <laughs> so they say. Uh, round one. That's what we're talking about. But probably not for long. We're talking about this fight, this round, because no one wants to engage. <laughs> yeah. And just take the round. Give the judges something to score, please. Very unusual for the flyweights, too. It was a feeling out round for the entire round. A few leg kicks and jabs, basically. I think Costa lands a decent right hand, and, and all his leg kicks were just slapping the leg as Albazi moved them out of the way. Albazi did land a couple of solid leg kicks of his own. I I think he was, you know, the more immediate impactful fighter. 10-9 Albazi, but I don't care. Yeah, no, it's fair not to care on this one, but um, 
I I did give this one to Costa. I thought the punch, I guess it was not really punches, really more just like a punch, right? A like punch. Like, yeah. <laughs> that one stood out to me in a round of almost nothing. So, yeah, you can't get worked up about this one. I saw it the same as Judges uh, Cleary and Chris Lee. You saw it as Mike Bell did. Not uh, not a big deal. Yeah. And all doubt taken out anyway when Albazi actually puts the exclamation point mm-hmm. on and finishes the Costa in round three. Big, nice finish. Good. More of that. Mm-hmm. Less of what happened in the first yes. five minutes. Please, 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 and thank you. Um, the other fight that actually has a first round split was the opener of the night, Sergei Morozov. So the first round of the night got the win over Journey Newsom via unanimous decision to 29-28 and a 30-27. So once again, we're split on the opener. What happened? Here? Yeah, well, for the first minute and a half, it's Newsom. That's the one that's landing anything. Uh, Morozov's throwing kicks, and I don't think he's landing too great, but, but he gets the clinch against the cage, and he lands some... You know, salad knees to the legs and to the butt. A uh, pretty good one to the head. But I think Newsom was the more effective fighter this round. It's close, but Newsom's striking was best for me. The best offense, 10-9. No, I went the other way. I thought I actually thought Morozov was doing a better job, and particularly later in the round. Okay. Um, Close enough. Close enough. But there's, there's some activity on either side, at least. This wasn't the same type of round as the last no. one, at least. But, yeah, no, I, th- I thought Morozov had a pretty decent round, to okay. be perfectly honest. But, yeah, not, not one that I'm think anyone is crazy for going Newsom here, least of all you or judges uh, Bird and McCarthy. I went with Mike Bell. I had I had Mike Bell's back this time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trying to get on his good side again. For what? Oh, because I went, went against Opposite him last time. Opposite him last time. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is you just balancing out because you, you hate him, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just making stuff up. Trying to start stuff. The other two rounds we have are third rounds of fights that would not have been impacted whatsoever, but we are dutiful. On the couch side judges. We go over these anyway. Starting with Matthew Semmelsberger, who got the win over Jake Matthews. 229-28, any 30-27. Again, it's round three. What happened in round three? Uh, a really close round, I think. Uh, it didn't start that way, but it finished that way. Um, but yeah, in the end, Semmelsberger had the more immediate impact. He dropped him right away with the right hand. Uh, landed like right a couple. Off the bat. For the third dro- that was the third, third knockdown of the, of the fight. Oh, yeah. one, one per round. Uh, he, his right hand was stinging Matthews, but Matthews had a good guillotine, um, but I feel he used it more to sweep than to actually, you know, try to finish. Wasn't as much of an attack, yeah. So, right. and then it got back onto, the, on, you know, cage and they just kind of clinched each other for a while. Um, I think Matthew did have some big flurries, but also felt Semmelsberger blocked most of the shots coming his way. Um, it was close, but once, uh, and he got the takedown, if he did more... With the takedown, I think I'd probably get there for Matthews, but he kind of just got the takedown and kind of hung out there. So, 10-9 Semmelsberger. I also had 10-9 Semmelsberger. I think you hit it on the head. I think, ultimately, mm. it is that knockdown, and it, and it's the fact that he, yes, he disappears a little bit more as far as offense for a little while, but he, yeah. think he comes back and ultimately edges the round, yeah. But it's close. But you and I ended up seeing it the same way, which we haven't been all night. We've been out of step. We yeah. have been very out of step. Um, I think it's just one of those close nights, though. Realistically, we've been yeah. saying we've been saying this for the last twenty minutes. It's just close round, close round, close round, right? Been but yeah, that so for three years. We, well, that's <laughs> I mean, a lot of them close. <laughs> it's true. A lot of times we talk about close rounds because they are closer than people want to think. Yeah. Having said that, some of them aren't. <laughs> this one is close. We just landed on the same page, and in doing so, we landed on the same page as Judge Ron McCarthy instead of Judges Bell and Lee. What does that mean for Judge McCarthy? Catch that over. You know, I said something that was probably a bit of a hot take on Twitter during the week. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was the fact that uh, because it was Ron's father, of course, Big John McCarthy, calling out his son's scorecard, telling him he told him he thought he was wrong Mm. for that uh, that Patty Pimblett round because he was also the same way as uh, Doug Crosby in round one, Pimblett over Gordon. But what I said is that. And I'm not disagreeing that I, you know, we both went over this round, right? We both think it should be a Gordon round. But I said, I bet you Ron McCarthy knows a lot more about modern judging than John McCarthy does because he does it. <laughs> and he scored a heck of a lot more rounds live and under the pressure of having to turn in a card than big John McCarthy has ever done. Mm. Maybe that's controversial. I'm not saying I disrespect John McCarthy and... I know for a fact almost all of these, maybe not all of us all, but I'm sure most of the officials hold him in extremely high regard. He is the godfather of this, more or less. But having said that, 
I bet you Ron just a little bit sharper in what you're supposed to do with these scoring of the modern times. Mm. I don't think that's I don't think that's controversial. I didn't say it to be controversial, but it probably is to people. So, <laughs> and I also think he's still one of the best judges in the in the uh, in the world. I don't care what happened well, the last he is. time. He is, and I don't care about the fact that we thought he he should have guarded the eight. Still one of the best judges. Period. I just want to make sure I got that in there. Um, there is one final round here. Does not involve Judge McCarthy, actually. Uh, but it was the third round of Manel Kopp getting the win over David Vorick. 30-27 twice and a 29-28. Again, this is the third round. And it didn't matter how this went, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things. But let's talk about it. What happened in round three? Well, Kopp is he's, he's having fun in there. He's doing a lot of taunting, a little bit of showboating, while uh, Dvorak is trying to land uh, heavy shots to end it. But he's missing. Uh, Kopp lands uh, good calf kicks. Heavy combos to the head. He does get caught a few times because, like, seems to be playing in there a little bit. Like, he kind of lost a little bit of respect for what Dvorak has. But I do think he built a decent lead, landed immediately impactful strikes. Dvorak, you know, like I said, caught him a couple times. But I, I like it for Cop 10-9. Yeah, I like it for him, too. You know, obviously, he's doing all the gesticulating and the, and the showboating and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know that it's... You know how sometimes we'll look at that and be like... You know, don't shake your head when you when it lands and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we we like to get down on those people because it's pointing out like, oh, you did get hit. I don't see this as the same way. I see this as more just kind of like gamesmanship. Yeah, no, this and, was... and, and like in true gamesmanship form where you're really just still trying to like mess with your opponent's head in a way that actually makes sense. No, you know? I, I, I kind of felt like some of the things, like when he was taunting, he'd get cracked. Like, you know, when you play the video game, you hit the taunt button by accident and you're sitting, your guy's going through the motion. Oh, yeah, you're stuck in the animation. Coming, oh, yeah, that's the worst. just comes and punches you in the face. I thought that that kind of happened a little bit. But. That happens in wrestling games all the time, and I always hated it. Oh, my God. It's like, no, I didn't mean to taunt. No, no. Why can't I just have one of those short taunts? <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I do think ultimately, yeah, it's, it's Cop that is still... In control of this round, he's landing the better strikes. He's when he's when he's getting landed on, he often makes Dvorak pay anyway. Yeah, I thought he had a good performance overall. I, I so. did too, but yeah, I, I sided with him in this particular round. Sided with you too. We were on the same page again. Look at that. Yeah, and judges Cleary and Damato, who were also on the same page in this one. See, we all we all we're all there together. That was earlier so. in the night, though. That after that, they don't talk anymore. They hate each other. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they're fine. Uh, <laughs> but it was Judge Anthony Manus who had this one for Dvorak. That is, um, that's that's a lot of uh, outs for Judge Manus this year, actually. Uh, we'll, we'll talk deeper about, you know, the the percentages and things like that when we get to our data show. We always do a data show. We'll do that sometime over the next couple weeks in, in between the UFC break and now, or during the UFC break, I suppose, right? But uh, yeah, this this is another one for Anthony Manis this year. He he is frequently out of step with his fellow officials. It's just it's an interesting thing to observe when when you study the data like I do. I can't wait to get into the data because I got some things to say. <laughs> you do? Yeah. You got a bone to pick or what? What's I do got on? a bone to pick. Is it with me? What I no. do? No. Because right. everyone wanted to get into the data this week. Oh, that's right. Yes. And it's all it's all flawed data. <laughs> yeah. I'll give I'll give you I'll give you one minute rant. You got one minute. Go. Rounds are scored independently of each other. Doesn't matter if it's the same fight or a different fight. You can you treat them as their own entity. Basically, one round is one round, and that's it. Scored independently of it. Doesn't matter that they're the out judge on the total fight, and you're and you're calling that a descent. That's just it's just we got to stop it. And you're only using UFC fights. These guys fight. Scott is the data guy. Leave it to him. <laughs> He'll provide it. Just stop. It, I will say it's definitely harder sometimes to track down non-UFC rounds. Um, I, I must say thank you, though, to the California State Athletic Commission who provided me just the, the, the very few rounds that I was missing from Bellator this year were in California. Uh, and Andy Foster and, uh, and, and the team over there, they were very helpful in providing Patricia, Patricia Blackstock, I believe that's what, that's what I wanted to shout out as well. They were both very helpful in providing me the rounds that I required. And I can proudly say that I have completed the UFC, Bellator, and PFL data for the entire 2022. I have every round, every scored round. That is the first year time that I have a year where all three promotions I have every round for. Got close last year. Didn't quite get there with Bellator. But I have a feeling Bellator is going to be much more helpful going forward. The most complete. Most complete. I feel very good about that. 
We'll talk more about the data, though. That's that is enough for the data for this show. It's also enough for contested rounds for this show. We got five finishes, though. It was not heading that way. We weren't going to have any finishes for a while because the prelims are just a bunch of uh, decisions. Kept these judges very active. Oh yeah, they had thirty rounds. Mm-hmm. Hey, before before the main event, by the way, it was twenty five rounds scored, and they were only split on six of them. That's pretty good. That is good, yeah. That's good. But then, yeah, then they get the fight where uh, Sean Sheehan posted out. It could realistically be 50-45 for both guys. So. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But, uh, yeah, so four of those finishes, and, and by the way, all four of these finishes that I'm going to be talking about, the knockouts, were all on the main card, and the one submission was on the prelims. Two of the fights ended in the first round. What was your favorite? Uh, no shock here. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov choking out Saeed Yakub. Kakramanov. Kakramanov, good job. Because Kakramanov um, didn't think he had to defend the choke. It was a solid ninja choke. It was a good ninja choke. And yeah, he said, all right, if you're not going to defend it, I'm just going to squeeze <laughs> and then get the tap. Good for him. Yes. Yes, it was. I And I knew you were going to pick that because mm-hmm. I even wrote down on the sheet before you watched that fight. I said, you'll pick the sub. I see these things. Although Alex Caceres was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool knockout. It but was a good one. You Give me your favorite. Uh, it was not the Caceres one, even though what I liked about that one was the fact that, and, and I was saying this to you before, that he throws like like a winging, like totally miss uh, left. It was a left hand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct, I mean. <laughs> he throws a, like a wild left hand that completely misses, but then with the same momentum throws the left high kick, and that just destroys ev- yeah. everything about. Because it, 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 I just picture myself trying to throw a kick after I threw uh a punch with the with the same hand, the same side, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't feel possible. And this guy's getting knockouts with it. I mean, this is so, his realm. This is he. he yeah. This is where he is. But actually, that was not my pick. Yeah, my real pick was Drew Dober, who uses pretty much everything in his body. But it wasn't like a wild thing. It's like every fiber of him just destroys Bobby Green with the left. With a, it was a hook, right? Right. I thought it was a right hand. Oh, I thought no, it was, I thought it was, was a it left, a, wasn't it? Uh, I, thought, I don't know. It was I could have swore it was a left. Well, it was a left or right, one of them. I don't know. It's it's almost <laughs> three in the morning, so uh, yeah, forgive us if one of us is wrong. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a left, and just drops him like to the ground. And Bobby Green doesn't even know where he. He doesn't know what happened. This is not something that happens to Bobby Green. He's not used to being in this position, so that just highlights just how much power Drew Dober really has. Um, very impressive performance. And he wasn't necessarily doing particularly well in the fight up until that point. I don't know. I don't want to say as far as that he was going to go on to lose. It was still round two. A lot of things can change, and he made a change in a hurry, but man. I kind of feel Drew Dober's the guy that if he goes to decision, he counts it as a loss for himself. He might. He might. He feels like I wonder that kind of does. guy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, solid finish for him. Very good finish. And that is it. That's not just the finish to the fight. It's not just the finishes to these fights. This is the finish to the UFC calendar for 2022. 42 events. We have no fights next week. UFC is off. Not no fights in the world, but none that we're going to talk about. Uh, UFC is off until January 14. Bellator is off until New Year's Eve when they have their, their Ryzen event, Bellator versus Ryzen. Which is weird because I don't know if will we even get to talk about that because they have different scoring. So, there, so. I mean, it's nothing stopping us from actually talking know, about but it, but probably probably will not be going deep into it unless there's mm. some, some sort of curiosity with, with regard to the judging. Because, yeah, I, I don't understand this to be a 10-point must Right, you know, not unified scoring, but the the MMA criteria that is utilized by the ABC. I don't believe that is what is being uh, utilized here over in Japan. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll just watch and have a good time, and maybe we'll yeah. bring it up and hey, did you watch it? Yeah, that was fun. All right, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> um, and again, PFL is off until I don't know, like spring. Who knows? Okay. They they have their challenger series that'll probably be in February, but I'm not gonna watch that. And like nobody has Fubo TV, so. No pay-per-view events? <laughs> no. For the pay-per-view division? No, no. I, I wonder if that experiment will return. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like it should be a one-off. Uh, but that is it. We don't have anything. Well, we will have stuff. What do you mean we'll have stuff? We'll have stuff, other stuff. Well, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, we're not going away for a month. We'll, we have the judges. We have the judges. We will, of course, do the judges. The data show. We will do the data show. We'll have some fun in there. We we have a we have another project where we're talking about doing. You're yeah, kicking around. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we should, we should do it. I don't know which day we're gonna do it. But we're gonna do it. Should we tell them what it is? 
No. Oh, don't tell. Okay. No. You guys don't get to know what the They don't get to know. Is. But They're, it's fun. They can't handle the truth. It's a fun one. I think it'll be fun. At least it's fun for us. I don't care if you guys like it or not, but hopefully it will. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. Hell or high water. Uh, Dan, what are you doing for Christmas as we, as we kind of exit here? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Wherever the wind takes you? Wherever I go, I go. <laughs> no, I don't know. We'll probably go family for christmas eve then we do like a christmas a christmas eve eve then we have christmas morning breakfast sort of seems like you know yeah i guess i do yeah <laughs> you know pretty well yeah i did i did i knew that one pretty well yeah. so well the thing is you know what I, christmas hasn't even hit me it's I, I still haven't done any shopping yeah i would get on that it's been a while yeah i've done we we've done shopping you know, obviously I've got, the, mm-hmm. I've got the little kiddos, as you know. Um, but also my one of my sons is uh, celebrating a birthday over the winter break, too. So we nice. have to have presents for that as well. Nice. And I believe firmly in the like. Yeah. And cake, of course. Mm-hmm. I believe firmly in the separation of Christmas and birthday so that he should get just as many presents as his brother got back in August. Yeah. So it just kind of increases the burden of figuring out, well, what does this kid want? What is he going to use? And how much money am I supposed to spend? What does he even care about? And I don't know. I think we're going to get him a bed. Like a a big boy bed. You know, he's he's still, he's still sleeping in the modified toddler bed, but I only realize now because we're doing renovations in our house. Mm. I rent We had to move the bed from one room to another. And I realized that his mattress is like, not the mattress, the, the, the spring, I don't even call it a rock spring. That's not really what it is. But the springs that hold the mattress up are like breaking apart. That's not good. No, no, no. They point down. So hopefully he won't get stabbed. But yeah, I'm just point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where we're at. Exactly. So you understand why he needs a bed. He needs yeah, a bed. Get the kid a bed. He shouldn't, be, he shouldn't have been yeah. jumping on the bed. That's his fault. He broke the bed. 100% broke the bed. It was definitely him, not his brother. Okay. He's a giant bouncing boy. Sometimes you just got to jump on the bed. I, look, I get it. Not this bed. When you go to a hotel, it. is the first thing you not for is you get on the one bed and you jump across to the second bed? Uh, probably when I was a kid. Now I find the bed and I like just plop into it and I hope I don't have to move for like a minute. Uh, okay. Again, I have kids. It's hard. Right. <laughs> Mostly, I'm just like, all right, stop. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't kill me. Don't don't climb on me anymore. Stop it. All right, that does it. We'll be back again after Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. What Dan said, and uh, yeah, enjoy the time. Uh, If you don't celebrate anything, I don't know, just say something nice to somebody. Thanks for joining us. Ho, ho, ho.